Good evening, church. Working and praying and praying and working and just praying, right? It's good to be a child of God who has the blessed gift of praying. Tonight, simple trusting faith. whole lot of praying and a whole lot of trusting. It's good to see each of you here this evening, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for your attendance and we praise God for this opportunity to worship Him. Let's go to God together, please, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for this beautiful day that you've given to us. A day, Lord God, where we can see your beauties. A day, Lord God, where you not only remind us that Jesus Christ is on the throne simply by the sun that is shining, but also, Lord God, just showing us how powerful you are. We thank you so very much for your goodness and for your grace and for your mercy and for your kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for days like this, for us to be able to see your greatness. And then also, Lord God, for the other days that allow us to also see your greatness, days that aren't so great, days that are really cold and and days that are difficult, Lord God. We thank you for them all. We thank you because they belong to you. And we ask that you'll help us to remember that every single day of our lives. Please bless us as we worship you, praying that our worship will and has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Please guard our minds from evil. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Be thy will. Amen. Luke, please, chapter chapter 7. Something happens on a regular basis when we have our children. Our children uh, eventually get to the pointing stage where they begin to point because they want something. And as a parent, we can identify that they want something. And we, mothers... Usually get it right. We get it right, right? Oh, this person, this child wants this and wants that. They don't understand the process, right? Like your child grows a little older and they say to mom, mommy, I'm, I'm hungry. They don't understand the process, right? Like that mommy has to go to a job and, and daddy has to have a job and they put the money together and they, they pay their bills and out of their bills they, they purchase food and the food that's in the refrigerator to make sure that you know, as it has an expiration date, the food is not expired. And then there's a preparatory state, you know, the food, you have to get it. And maybe you saute your food or maybe you don't. or But you get the food out of the refrigerator and you make a sandwich. If it's just a sandwich. But you've got to have the meat for the sandwich. And whatever it is that you have in the refrigerator for the sandwich, all they know is they come to you and ask you for something to eat. And you know those children believe that mama is going to give them something to eat. That's called simple trusting faith, church. And then we grow up, and we start learning the process, and we forget, even in our adult age, that God is greater than mama. And if mama can make you a sandwich, God can make you a plate. We forget and so I want to talk tonight about simple trusting faith and just, just to, if you will, challenge our minds to go back to the simplicity that God asks us to have in our confidence and faith in Him. So beginning in chapter 7 and verse 1, the Bible says, When He had completed all His discourse in the hearing of the people, He went to Capernaum, and a certain centurion slave, 
who was highly regarded by him, was sick and about to die. And when he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. And when they had come to Jesus, they earnestly entreated him, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this to him. For he loves our nation, and it was he who built us our synagogue. There are some mixed up values in this text, right? The first uh, mixture, if you will, where we got it kind of wrong, is they, they come and they say to God that this man is worthy for you to serve him. Got it kind of mixed up, right? They really mixed that one up. But the centurion who is not even a child of God puts it all back into the proper perspective and helps them to understand they really have it mixed up when you're talking to a man such as Jesus. But he has a slave and he highly values this slave. And, and they say that this man, this man, this, there's this worthiness of this to happen. Verse 6 it says, Now Jesus started on his way with them and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Put back in a proper perspective, right? Look, it doesn't matter who the slave is, and it doesn't matter who the centurion is, none of us are worthy, right? Now, God values us and makes us worthy, but in ourselves, we are not worthy. And the centurion who is not a, a, if you will, an Israelite, maybe even a proselyte, though he built the synagogue, he stops Jesus and says, you need come no further. Don't come under my roof because I'm not worthy for you to be in my house that belongs to you. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word and my servant. Where did he get that from? Now, where did the centurion, a Roman centurion, where did he get that kind of faith from? Like, I'm going to pray to God one time. And I know that God not only is going to hear my prayer, I know it's done. See, Jesus has been teaching this and trying to get the Jews to understand this and to believe this and even for us to trust in that. And yet it's a centurion, someone who is outside, who understands this point. That all you have to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. And then he gives him an example. He says, for I too, the next verse, verse 8, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes into another, come. And he comes and to my slave, do this. And he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him and turned and said to the multitude that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such, such great faith. I, all you, I, I'm, all I got to do is, I can give the word to a servant to tell a servant to do something and a servant does it. God, I believe you have power over sickness. I believe you have power over, over life and death. And all you have to do is say, get up. And everybody will get up. 
All you have to do is say that my servant is healed and my servant will be healed. You don't even have to come in my presence. I don't even have to hear you say it. It's just simple trusting faith. Jesus called it great faith. He says, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. I wonder when the question is asked, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? I wonder, I wonder how my faith, how does my faith compare today with what my faith was like yesterday? When I look at the Bible and I think about simple trusting faith, Matthew, please, chapter 15. When I think about simple trusting faith, I realize that there's a, a, a glory, if you will, to the Father. When you have simple trusting faith, when you can find yourself even in a difficult predicament and you can still find simple trusting faith, I think it brings glory to God. Now, in Matthew 15 and verse 21, this is a very interesting uh, situation. Another person outside of God, right? This is a Syrophician woman. And in verse 21, the Bible says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. Hmm. Verse 21. She's outside. And then verse 22, and behold, a Canaanite, Canaanite, a Canaanite woman came out from that region and began to cry out saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. Why did she come to God? She was a Canaanite. Why would she come to God? See, she heard just a bit or whatever it was that she heard about God. Whatever it was, it was enough for her to know that God could fix it. And she believed it by faith. And then it gets kind of, kind of really interesting in this dialogue. In verse 26... And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And I know the translation is puppies. It's still a dog. <laughs> and, and I don't know how you feel, but you know, when you take that derogatory terminology that they were using about the, the Canaanites, and when someone says something like that to you, and it's offensive language, which it was from the Jews. But I know Jesus has is, is it, broken it down to a, a simplistic measure to where it's not as hard. This is what they say about you. But you know what she didn't do? She didn't take offense. She, she, didn't, she didn't come back, snap back at Jesus. Because she needed something. And she had enough faith to know that if, if that's what Jesus has to say, then it must be right. And the very next verse, but she said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. 
it's, it's an interesting and stark contrast to, to the way that the, the, the outsiders felt about God, trusted in God and believed in God, to the way the, the people of God believed in God and trusted in God. If you look at John chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, as John introduces Jesus and begins to explain to the world that Jesus is God. And in verse 9, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. Sometimes I wonder if Jesus came here and began to preach, would he be accepted? You ever wondered that? You ever thought about that for just a moment? If Jesus, what if John the Baptist came here, right, in his funny looking clothing? He got up here in the pulpit and began to preach. Would he be accepted? Would his message from God be accepted by the people of God? Mark chapter 9, please. God is not asking us to move mountains. God just said that you could. And so our faith, I wonder, our faith, I wonder our faith, how much faith, how much faith do I really, truly have in God? That's a personal question that you need to ask yourselves and I have to ask myself, how much faith do I actually have in the Messiah? Mark 9 in verse 19. And he answered them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long should I be with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring him to me. This question about this, you know, this argument well, can, can Jesus heal? How much did they need to see? Right? You know, how much did they need to actually see to believe? I mean, they, they witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet, and yet, for whatever reason, they still had trouble believing. Should I believe your message? Uh, should I believe what I've seen? I don't know what to believe. And sometimes I think in our, in our world today that we, we just don't know what to believe anymore. But God is the same. How much faith have we lost in the Lord's church? Faith. Verse 22, please. And it has often thrown, speaking of the man whose child was demon-possessed, and has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water and destroyed him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. How many of us believe that? We read it, but how many of us really, actually believe it? It's not how much faith simple mustard seed, right? Do I even have faith? Do I even have faith? Hebrews chapter 10, please. And what happens in life is, you know, well, maybe I should say more so, life happens 
And when life happens and, and ugliness hit our home and our, our lives and our, our personal bodies, and life gets hard. But here's what happens. The trials of life reveal what is inside of you. Up here. If you don't have simple trusting faith before the trial hits, it's going to be hard for me to convince you to have the faith when the trial is there. And faith comes by hearing, right? And so I, I, when I ask how much faith do you have or how much faith do you want to have, I could also ask that question in a different light. I could ask that question, how much are you or how often are you studying the Word of God? How much of God's Word are you putting into your heart, into your mind? How much of God's Word are you receiving? Do you know there are still children of God today who, who don't believe the Bible really is true? Children of God in the church? I mean, you know, we go, yeah, we go to, we go to worship, or we go to church. We go to worship, and, and we're there, and the preacher preaches, but I don't believe half the stuff he says. It's amazing. They're doing surveys right now about that. The number of people that go to church, as, they, as we call it, that actually don't really believe what the Bible says. It's more of a tradition. How much faith have we lost over the years? Verse 36 of Hebrews 10, please. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while... He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are... Wait a minute, what? Did he... What did, what did, God, did God have the audacity to say that to me? If you shrink back, my Yeah, he did. It's almost like God expects us to have faith. It's almost like he expects us to believe in him. It's almost like the child that comes up to the parent and, and the child says, well, I just didn't know if you were, gonna, were going to help me. And the parent says, why would you think for any, why would you, where would you get that from? Of course I'm going to help you. I'm your daddy. I'm your mother. Well, I just didn't think you, I, it's, it's almost as if God expects us to have faith. But we're not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Faith. God said, turn to Ephesians, please, chapter 6. God said to Gideon, he said, Gideon, go in this your strength. He was out there threshing the wheat and, and working, and, and then Gideon talked to God and said, well, you know, and then he said, great warrior. And, it, and Gideon's like, who, who are you talking to? What God did not tell us to do is what he told Gideon to do. God did not tell us to go in our own strength. God told us to go in his strength. I'm so thankful he worded that differently in the New Testament or in other episodes throughout the scriptures. He didn't tell me to go in my own strength. He wants me to go in his strength. And maybe that's where I get mixed up too. Right, I go in, I, I quickly, for some reason, we, in our own minds, we, we go through something and we go in our own strength until we can no longer go in our own strength. I don't think God wants us to do that. The Bible tells us, go in His strength. From the very beginning, we go in His strength. 
which will give us the ability to persevere and endure to the end, right? Verse 10, I'll read it to you. Finally, be strong in your strength. It's not what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. I wonder, I wonder when I think of simple trusting faith, how much of my life, in my mind, I have just given over to Him. He said, Lord, I, I need you every moment, every second of my life. I need you, and I give myself to you. We're afraid to do that. A lot of, church, a lot of Christians are. A lot of, afraid, a lot of Christians are afraid to just say, Here, God, we're afraid. Someone told me I'm afraid because I don't know what that means. You know, we don't know what's going to come next. But I'll tell you what's going to come next. Good. Because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Why wouldn't I want to give it all to God? Well, because I'm struggling in my faith. Because I think that God, in Matthew 7, when I ask Him for a loaf, He'd give me a snake. You know, what a, you, know you read Matthew 7 and you go, Jesus, what a crazy analogy. You would, that's so extreme. But that's how extreme we are. That we simply think for some reason that God would give us something really bad in our lives if we give ourselves over to Him. That's Matthew 7, by the way, beginning at verse 7. Ask, seek, and knock. Go in this, in the strength of the Lord, in the strength of His might, and I'm going to give you the armor to put on. Right? You didn't have to go find it. He didn't say go seek for the armor, go... go he says, and put on, the, put on the armor of faith. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil because without the armor, we cannot. Simple trusting faith. Just, just use what God has given to you. Has He given you enough? I don't know. Has He given us enough? Well, He seems to think He has. I just want to believe him, right? I've got enough for my day. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I'm just worried. Today, I've got enough for today. And I'm just going to trust God that I'm going to go to bed with all of, the, all of what he gave me today. And I'm going to exhaust it. And I'm going to go to bed, God willing. I'm going to wake up in the morning if it be his will. And then I've got just enough for the next day. Well, yeah, preacher, you can say that when good times are coming. But can you say that in the bad? Right? Church, you prepare yourself now for the win. Right? First Peter chapter, we're studying that right now. Chapter 1, in verse, verse 3. Just, you know, when you, when you wrap yourself around this, this passage, there's just, there's just so much, there's so much conviction in this passage. It's so beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful text. And Daily could have dealt with that, but we, our time is, you know, when you're dealing quarters, it's difficult to do that. Blessed be the God, verse 3. And Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You notice none of that, none of that in there is me. All of that is God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because 
He has great mercy, number one, because He sent His Son, because He gives us hope. And we don't need to do anything in regards to the blessedness of God because God is already blessed without us. Wow. And He's not only blessed, but He's blessed to bless us. And there was a resurrection for our salvation. And watch what happens now. Now it comes to the us. So that we, all these blessings of God, of who God is, has been brought down to us so that we can obtain, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable. You might even say at this point, impossible without Jesus Christ. It's impossible without Jesus Christ. It's an imperishable inheritance that comes because of the greatness of our blessed God. So here God is to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, um, in this in this new, they have you know, kayak, have you ever used uh, travel sites like kayak or you, know, you don't you don't go to the original, right? You go to the original. Um, is that the, is that what it's called? Kayak. There are a few of those anyway. I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about kayak, but you, normally if you're going to go stay at the, at the Hilton. You, you call the Hilton, right? And you speak to the people at the Hilton. And, and then they started diverting you to the 800 number, but those are still Hilton folks. And you, and you make your reservation. And then they always used to do this. They, for the young folks who don't know this, right? They, they say, give us your credit card number. We're going to hold. And they would check your credit card. Make sure you got the money on it first. And they'll hold your room. They'll reserve it. And because of your credit. Now, if something happens to your credit card, you lose that room. Right? They hold your credit card number and, and, and then they, they would run it and all. Okay. But now, days, you can, you can make a reservation and they just give you a number. They don't even ask for a credit card. Now, preacher man, um, had no faith. Preacher man said, I, don't you want a credit card? No, we don't need a credit card. Well, but how are you? Okay. Well, how's that work? I wanted to know the process. They said, sir, we just, we don't need a credit card. We have reserved in your name. Don't worry about it. Everything's okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Preacher man waited overnight. Went the next day. A couple days in. A couple more days in. Called him back. Hey, just checking on that. The authorization number is blank, blank, blank. You know, just checking to see if I have it. Yep. Yes, sir. You're covered. It's good to go. Okay, good. All right. Still had no faith. About a month later, I called the actual, it was budget rental car. I called budget, right? Because it wasn't, I was working through kayak or some other, and I called budget. I said, hey, uh, just a question for you. I have this uh, car rent. I just want to know if this reservation number is good, if I really have a car. And they said, oh, yeah, you have a car. And I said, really? That's, that's amazing that that works that way. And they're like, yeah, that, that's, you're okay. I said, okay. Do you think I still, you think I believe them? I mean, I, I believe a little bit, right? Just a little <laughs> And I got showed up, and I went to the counter, and I thought to myself, "Boy, I sure hope my reservation is there." And I got, I walked up there, and I said, I "Got a credit card number? I have my ID right here, and just checking to see here's my confirmation number too. And do I have? Yes, sir, you do have. A, I really, I have a car. Wow! I was like, that is crazy. I didn't have any faith. I'm gonna be honest with you. So it does work, by the way. You can call a kayak." <laughs> But listen, God said, verse 4, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now that I have faith in. I don't have to call God and say, God, 
What is my reservation or confirmation number? I just believe it by faith. Because of, let me read verse 3 again. Because of the blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because I never, ever had to call God. God called me. And that's why I have that faith. Right? And so this is reserved for us in heaven and protected, if you will. It's, it's protect, your reservation is protected. You, you continue to serve God and just trust God. How much? Well, you gotta have enough faith to move a mountain. No, God said you could move a mountain. He said you have a faith of a mustard seed. Right? Let that be the beginning foundation of your faith and allow it to grow in, in through your study and through your trials and through all the things of life. Allow it to grow, but know that God has protected you and me and protected our reservation. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I don't have to keep checking up on that. Right? I, I believe First John chapter 1, where, where it says if you repent and confess, right, you walk in the light as he's in the light, you know you have some troubles in life, and you're going to have to ask God continually to forgive you, and you're going to have to ask God sometimes to help your faith, to strengthen your unbelief. You're going to have to ask God to help you to get through these situations in life, and sometimes you're not going to have as much faith as you ought, but you know that God is a faithful God, First John 1 tells us that, and he's faithful to forgive us, for our iniquities, he's faithful to listen to us when we cry out to him, and he's faithful to do what he promised. And that is to bring you the cleansing. I don't have to check up on that. I believe that. I might not believe a lot in life, but that's something that I believe. And maybe I believe it because I know how badly I need it. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's selfish. And then he goes on in verse, in verse 6. And he says, let me just say this first of all. And this is in the last time. So now, all right, preacher, you're, you're young. So now you, when you get older, are you going to start? Qu- I don't know. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Pray for me. Right? I'm not there yet. I'm not there. What about when this comes to I don't know. I mean, I had things come my way. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. If this. I don't know those answers. I'm not worried about those answers. I'm not going to waste my life today thinking about what could happen in the future. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be thankful right now in today. Just right now. I can't worry about tomorrow. I don't have enough time to worry about tomorrow. In verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. See, that's the result, right? When you know you have, now I, I didn't know if kayak was going to come through. I had a second plan, right? I, you know, how many credit cards do you need? I don't know, but I was ready, Right? I gotta find me a car. I'm gonna find a car. I would even go to Rent-A-Rec if they still have that. I don't think they have those around any longer, but I need to find. I had a secondary plan. I had a backup plan. I don't have a backup plan for my Christian faith. I don't have one. It's all God or nothing. I have nothing else. I'm gonna be first, I'm gonna tell you, I have nothing else. So someone came up here, and, and, and a great orator, and he brought a lesson, and he taught us that God did not exist, and everyone believed it. I, I, don't, have a sec, I don't have a backup plan. I'm going to stick with him anyway. I'm, I'm going to stick with him anyhow. 
I remember, I remember in my Christian walk, I thought to myself, you know, I'm reading this, I, this, this, this greatness, the greatness of God, and I'm trying to understand it, and I realized something. You know, even if God didn't exist, or even, even this is real personal, even if God refused to forgive me, I thought, you know, that was a possibility. Even if God refuses to forgive me, even to this day, I don't have a backup plan. I'm stuck. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I pray God I stay. But preacher, what if this comes away? I don't have a backup plan, church. Do you? This is it. Don't put all your eggs in the warm basket. I put all my eggs into this. I don't have a backup plan. In this you greatly rejoice. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. There's no backup plan. And so, when I think about life, this is simple. Simple, but complex. <laughs> I mean, it's tough, but it's, it's simple. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit established this without my help. You might say without yours as well. You don't need a backup plan. All you need is God. So tonight I am encouraging you to give everything everything to him all of it don't hold anything back just give it to him you don't need a backup plan God is not just good God is able he's not just able God is willing he's not just good and able he's not just good and able and willing God is good able willing and he says, it's done. You don't need a backup plan. And what do I say all the time, church? I close out with that. That very saying, and I say all the time, I want you to always remember and always keep in the back of your mind, when you serve God until the end, it is impossible to lose. We win. If you're not a child of God tonight, we encourage you to surrender to him in the waters of baptism, to give him your life to give him your all, to, to surrender to him. and Just do it. Right? Simple trusting faith. That going down the water, going down to the water, just God somewhere going down or coming up, washes all of our sins away, gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, makes us new, kills the old man, and recognizes you as somebody different, one of his own children. If you're trusting faith in the Lord today and you're a child of God and you just... Maybe, maybe you don't have that kind of faith and you want it. And you like prayers made on your behalf. This is another opportunity that God has given to us. If there's anything we can do to help, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?